Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence being here already. We felt you. We know you're here. Um, God, I pray right now that you would speak to every single one of our hearts. God, would you allow your word to soak deep in us, God, to challenge us, God. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is doing, God. Lord, would you give us the ability, the, the courage, the boldness, God, to step into the place that you're calling us into today. God, I pray that we would leave differently than when we came in, God. Challenge us, God. Draw us closer to you today. See your name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Awesome. Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you guys today. Uh, my name is Chase Courtney. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I am the middle school pastor here at 1910 Church. Uh, where are my middle schoolers at? Anybody here? Y'all are way louder on Wednesdays. Yeah. Hey, one of the perks of being a middle school pastor, I get to speak every Wednesday to our middle school crew, and I'm telling you, it is lively, it's fun, um, a little too fun sometimes, and uh, when I'm speaking, I'm used to interaction, all right? I'm used to that random sixth grade boy that just screams, all right? And you're like, bro, I don't, have you had your meds today? I don't know what's going on. And so I'm just, I'm just saying, I need you guys to interact with me as, as I speak. Can we do that? Yeah. Just reminds me that you guys are awake, all right? So, hey, it's going to be a great day. I'm excited about what God is doing. Um, if you're wondering why I'm up here and not Pastor Jason, on Friday he had a procedure done to repair the uh, hole in his heart um, that caused a stroke, and he's here. He, he's doing well. And so we're excited for that. We're excited about what God has been doing in his body. It's definitely a miracle, and I'm excited for at some point, maybe hearing the whole story, you guys hearing the whole story, it's fascinating about what God has been doing over the last couple weeks. Um, I am excited about today um, because there is power in prayer. How many of you know that? There's power in prayer. Um, in fact, God calls us to pray and not just talk about it. And so on Tuesday, everyone say Tuesday. This Tuesday at 7 p.m., we are calling you guys to prayer for our city and we're going to meet at the Bernie Plaza at 7 p.m. this Tuesday. If you're in town, if you've got family in town, you've got a bunch of family, just bring them. We would love for you guys to just come and gather with us as we pray over our city, pray over our community. We'll have some instructions there, kind of specifics to pray for. Uh, but we're just going to prayer walk in downtown and have a good time doing it. So this Tuesday, 7 p.m., be there. It's going to be awesome. During this Under God series, we've been looking at the action. Everyone say action. It's the action of prayer, right? It's not something we just talk about, not something we just, you know, we just talk about a little bit at church, but it's something we do. It's something that we're called to, and prayer impacts our lives and situations around us. Now, I know you guys are all adults. Y'all know what y'all are talking about. Y'all know everything there is to know about prayer, um, but for the middle schoolers out there, I'm just going to talk to you for a second. Um, prayer is a two-way conversation between God and us, two ways. It means that we can talk to God, but it also means that we can listen for God, right? God is a God who speaks to his children. He loves to speak to his children. We'll get more into that here in a little bit, but God is all about conversation. And when we talk about prayer, it is not some like just high theology, something that you can't wrap your mind around. It's literally just having a conversation with God, a two-way conversation between you and God. And as his people, God doesn't just call us to pray, but I believe prayer is a response from us out of his love for us, right? 
When you have a relationship with somebody, you want to communicate with them, am I right? Hopefully. You know, for those of you in here that are married, you know this, marriage doesn't work without two-way communication, right? All the ladies are like, amen, let's go. Keep preaching, right? Two-way communication, it, it has to happen if a marriage, if a relationship is going to work, and it's no different between our relationship with God. For it to work, for us to have a real relationship with God, there's got to be communication. It has to, you have to spend time talking to him. And believe me, he wants to spend time talking to you as well. And as our nation and our world drift farther apart from God, the, the, the Christ followers, the body of Christ has the responsibility to draw closer, right? And stand in the gap for our nation, to stand in the gap for people that don't know his love yet. We have the responsibility, those that know his love, to stand in the gap for them. Second Chronicles 7.14, a scripture that we've read every week. We're going to read it again today. It says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's a great scripture. But here's the deal. It's not a cute, inspiring scripture. It's a scripture of, of a command, a challenge, that if you will step up, if the people of God will humble themselves and step up and begin to seek me the way I've called them to seek me, and they will begin to pray, I promise you things will change, right? It's not just a make you feel good kind of scripture. It's a, it's a you need to step it up, right? It's that type of scripture that says, where are you, body of Christ? Where are the children of God? When are they going to step up? And I'm speaking to myself as well. Church, it's time to step up. It's time to begin to pray. It's time to begin having conversations with a God that loves us because it's too great to miss. Too great to miss. So I have a question for you this morning. I want you to be honest, and I want you to raise your hand if you feel this way. Have you ever prayed something to God that you knew deep down in your heart that it wasn't going to be answered? Have you ever prayed something? I've been there. That you kind of threw out this prayer and you're like, God, do this, even though I don't really believe it's going to happen, right? Some of you have bought lottery tickets, and you bought that lottery ticket, you gave them that $1, that $2, maybe you spent way more than that, and you're like, oh God, if it's your will, right? If it's your will, I will give 20% to the church, God. I can live with 80% of $500 million. I'm fine with that. I will give 20%, right? We try to manipulate God saying, God, don't even worry about that 10%. I'll give double, right? If I win. How many times have you prayed something knowing that really, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, right? For those that have bought a lottery ticket and you really expected to win, I want to become your friend, right? <laughs> Because I want to be friends with people that expect, that are expectant in prayer, except for lottery tickets. The truth is, many Christ followers, we, have, we are so guilty of this. We are so guilty about lobbing some prayers out, some empty words out, knowing or having that, that lack of expectation that God can actually answer our prayers. How dare us? You mean to tell me that as Christ followers, we believe that a God created heaven and earth, that he created man and woman from the dust of the earth. You mean to tell me that when man sinned, God had a plan 
to get a virgin pregnant by the Holy Spirit, conceive the Son of God, this same Son of God lived a sinless life, went to the cross for you and I, then he was resurrected to give us life. As Christ followers, to be a Christ follower, you have to believe that, right? You have to have faith in that. You mean to tell me we believe all that, yet we lack the belief to pray? We lack the belief to believe that God hears us, loves us, and wants to answer prayer? Blows my mind that we can believe all of that throughout history, yet we don't believe God hears our prayers or loves us enough to answer them. Come on, that's insanity. God loves you. God loves me, and he wants to hear you. He wants to have a conversation with you at all times. James 1, verses 6 and 7 says this, But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. That's a hard last sentence right there. What type of people? It's people that are, that are divided, people that don't really have their trust in God, people that are just like, all right, God, I'm just gonna pray it, but I really don't believe it. I really don't expect that you're gonna be there, that you're gonna answer it. Those are people that are divided, right? Their, their loyalty is divided, and then we're just tossed around by the wind. Those people cannot expect to receive anything from the Lord. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. So friends, why don't we pray with expectation? When we come be, before a loving God that created everything we see, why don't we pray with expectation? A few, few thoughts that came to my head as I was preparing this week is, number one, we don't pray with expectation because it's become religious to us instead of a relationship with a loving father. Bottom line, when we pray, there's sometimes we just get in the habit and it just becomes religion. It's not heartfelt. It's not out of a relationship. It's simply out of an obligation. So we don't come with expectation because we're just so used to that habit. We're just so used to it. Well, we've got to pray before we go to bed or something might happen to us. <laughs> By God, we better pray before that food gets in our mouth, right? Or it's all over. Now, I'm not discounting any of that. Please, by all means, pray before you eat. Pray before you go to bed. But please, have a conversation with God throughout the day, right? That's what it's all about. I may get fired for this. I hope I don't. But there's a lot of times that I don't pray before I eat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm guilty. I really am. But the reason is, is because I feel like I have a pretty good dialogue with God throughout the day. And I'm, I'm thankful I am so thankful for the food in front of me. I am so thankful for the nation I live in. I'm so thankful for the home that God's provided me and the family that God's given me. I'm thankful, and I try to tell them all the time. But if we get in this habit of like, well, we haven't prayed all day, but do not touch that fry. Do not touch that hamburger before, before you pray. It's become religion to us instead of a relationship with a God that desires to hear you. And number two, why don't we pray with expectation? It's because we've been hurt. We've been confused by the fact that all of our prayers don't seem to get answered the way we want them to or in the timing we want them to. This is a hard one for real because pretty much every single one of us have been in a situation where we prayed breakthrough 
within a certain situation. And maybe we haven't seen that breakthrough and we kind of like, we kind of step back and say, God, I'm, I'm kind of mad. God, I'm, I'm pretty upset. God, I'm really hurt. I thought you would answer my prayer. God, I prayed for my family member, my friend to get healed from cancer and I never saw it happen. God, I'm, I'm ticked off. And so then we get, we get gun shy, right? We don't want to pray anymore because we're scared of getting hurt again. We're scared. Here's the deal. God is the only person that knows everything. It's not for us to know everything. You know, I, I could say that, that I have all the answers for you. I, I mean, I, I could say that, but here's the truth. I have no idea. I have no idea why some prayers seem to get answered and others seem not to get answered. I would probably say that every prayer is answered. It's just not in the necessarily way we think it should be. I have no idea. So I hope you don't come, up to me, come to me after this and say, well, I, here's a situation. I really hope you have some. I have no idea. That's why God is God and I'm man. That's why I'm imperfect and he's perfect. It's because we get to trust and put our faith and our hope in him, the one that is perfect. And here's the thing. If we pray without expectation, what, what's the point? If we, if we, the, the only thing worse than prayerlessness is praying without expectation. To come before a God that owns everything, that created everything, and saying, God, I don't really believe you. I don't really trust in you. I'm just kind of throwing empty words out there. Shame on me. Shame on us to ever get to that point. Let us be a people here at 1910 that really believe. Let us be a people here at 1910 that really prays with expectation. That can go before a loving God that, yes, is perfect. And that we are not worthy of, but because of Jesus Christ, he has made us worthy. I love the scripture that says that Jesus sits at the right hand of the throne and he intercedes, he pleads on our behalf. I'm telling you, God is about you. God loves you. He is after our hearts and he's after our conversations with him. You see, effective prayer is having the faith. Everyone say faith. faith. It's having the faith to see what no one else can see. It's believing a situation can be restored no matter how far you think it's gone. No matter how hopeless a situation seems, effective prayer is having the faith to believe that God can still do a miracle. It's believing that God is still the God of the impossible. When the situation, the broken marriage, the, the wayward child, the addicted person, the person with cancer or that illness, they're not gone. We serve a God and we have a relationship with a God of the impossible, friends. A God of the impossible. We're not too far gone. With prayer, believing, God can do anything. Effective prayer is having the faith to see what no one else can see. Good leaders are leaders that can see what no one else can see. That's why I love Pastor Jason and, and, and Pastor Angie. They're great leaders for this house. You know why? Because they see what God has shown them, even if we can't all see it all the time. It's called vision, right? It's seeing what other people can't always see. Pastor Jason and Angie have a vision for, for this house, for, for our community, for our nation. And you see what God is doing through that. It's incredible. 
Great leaders have vision to see what other people cannot see, and they put faith in action by praying for those things. Are y'all with me this morning? It's putting your faith in action and believing for the impossible. And there's a great story in, in 1 Kings 18. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Jason talked about this story of Elijah on the, mount, on the mountain, and he defeated the prophets of Baal, right? The God answering God, the, the prayer answering God showed up. And after this passage in the same scripture, in the same, same chapter, Elijah finds himself in a place where he begins to pray for something that is unseen. Israel in this time for three and a half years had not seen rain. There was a drought in the land. There was famine. People were starving. People were dying. The crops were dead. Israel was in a bad state. But guess what? Elijah, a man with vision, began to sense the Spirit doing something, and he began to pray for the rain. Listen what it says in verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the mount of, uh, top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times, everyone say seven times. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home, for if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds and heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. I love this passage. I love this passage because it tells me that the situation that we may see ourselves in is not always a situation that's still going to be there with prayer. When you can see what other people can't see and you can hear what the Spirit is doing, when you can open your ears and allow God to speak back to you, He's going to show you His heart. He's going to show you His heart for a nation. He's going to show you His heart for people. He's going to show you His heart for your marriage, for your children, for every situation you find yourself in. And guess what? When you hear His heart, there's direction to pray. You can pray with faith because you know a God in heaven is speaking directly to you. Man. No rain for three and a half years and Elijah just hears the Spirit saying, begin to pray. I'm bringing the rain. And I love how the servant has to keep going back. Well, still don't see anything. Elijah, I got nothing. Oh, go back. Seven times have to keep going back and the servant's probably getting ticked, right? He's like, dude, you're crazy. There's nothing. There's no clouds in the sky. There, there haven't, hasn't been rain for three and a half years. And Elijah says, I see it. I can hear it. Keep praying. Be persistent. Be persistent. I would say that the reason the prayers of Jesus were so effective is not only because he was the son of God, but more than that, I think it's because he sought out the heart of God, the heart of the Father. The Bible says over and over that Jesus would isolate himself, just go off by himself, and he would begin to pray. He'd begin to have conversation with his Father in heaven. And then he says, then he goes out and he heals the sick. He prays for the salvation of the lost. You see, even Jesus, the Son of God, needed communication with his Father. There's an amazing scripture in John 5, and I want, you, I want you to go read John 5. It's a great passage. But Jesus makes this statement and says, I do nothing without first 
hearing and seeing what my father does. Jesus didn't ever go and pray for the, lo- the sick without hearing his father telling him to do it first. He knew the heart of the father for humanity. And that's why his prayers were full of faith and so effective. So how do we know how to pray? Do we have eyes to see and do we have ears to hear, church, what the Spirit wants to speak to us and show us? There may be some of you in here that don't. And maybe that's because you, you, you really haven't trusted in God yet, yet. You haven't trusted in the salvation of Jesus My prayer and my challenge for you today is to allow your heart to be exposed to this God that loves you desperately. He wants to speak to you today. He wants to give you eyes to see and ears to hear what he is doing. But it only happens when your heart is fully devoted to him. It only happens when your heart is trusting in the salvation of Jesus. So my prayer for you today is that you would open up your heart that you would feel his spirit drawing you today. And at the end of the service, you're gonna have an opportunity. If that's you, if you feel God tugging at your heart, doing something in your life, you have an opportunity. As people are leaving, you can come forward and make a step of faith and say, God, I trust in you. But how do we know what to pray? Like I said, it's a conversation. We know what to pray. There's, there's things all around us. There's sicknesses. There's situations that we can easily put our finger on and say, hey, that situation needs prayer. But I think there's deeper things as well that God wants to show us, that he wants us to pray. He wants us to show our faith and our trust in. How do we know what to pray? We allow his spirit to speak to us. For those that care to listen, God is speaking. There's a cool situation that happened about oh, four or five months ago. Um, me and a bunch of guys uh, from this church, some leaders, uh, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings at Days of All in San Antonio just to have a guy's night, eat wings, just hang out. So we're eating our wings, we're watching sports, and right in the middle of our just normal conversation, God just begins to move in our conversation. God begins to work. And all of a sudden, the Spirit begins to speak to us and says, hey, look, I know you're having a good night, you're eating wings, you're just hanging out watching sports, but I... I'm not done with you tonight. Like, I want to use you. Um, And so our conversations start going to what God wants to do, and we just get this this feeling we're supposed to go to Walmart and just start praying for people, right? I know we're a bunch of guys. We're supposed to be having a guys' night, watching sports and talking, you know, about ignorant stuff. You know, we're supposed to be doing that. But God wants to do something. And so out of obedience, we're like, all right, let's do it. Let's go to Walmart across the street in San Antonio. We're going to begin praying for people. And as soon as I walked through the doors in Walmart, I just asked the Holy Spirit, what do you want, who do you want me to pray for? I, I mean, yeah, I can go and pray for a bunch of different people and just, you know, just see what happens, but is there someone specific that you want me to meet tonight? And it was very clear. He told me, you're going to meet a guy wearing red, and he's going to have some major marriage issues, and I want to encourage him tonight. And so, of course, I'm thinking, all right, let's do this. God, are you really speaking to me or am I just nuts, right? So we begin to pray for people. Like, I mean, we scattered. We scattered all throughout Walmart, and we just start praying for people everywhere. We probably prayed for six, seven, eight people at this Walmart in Days of All. It was awesome. I never saw the guy in a red shirt. Never saw him. So we leave. Everyone's, like, fired up. And then deep down inside, I'm like, that stunk. Because I felt you calling me to pray for that guy. You know, and so I'm kind of disappointed. 
And so we get back to Bernie, we drop everyone off at their cars, and me and Tim Jesco just look at each other and we're like, man, there's a Bernie, I mean, there's a Walmart in Bernie too. Let's go there. By this time, it's like 1130 at night. My wife is calling and texting me, where are you? Like, I'm, she's thinking I'm doing something stupid with the guys. I'm like, we're praying for people. Come on. <laughs> Likely story, right? So we, we go to Walmart and Bernie, me and Tim, and we just begin seeking it out. We pray for another person, no guy in the red shirt. We go to the very back of Walmart to the $5 movie bin, right? We all love that $5 movie bin. And guess what? Standing at the $5 movie bin all by himself is a guy in a red shirt. And so I just, we just strike up a conversation with him. It's sweet. We tell him to put his R-rated movie down. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, we strike up a conversation with him. We ask him, hey, how's your day been, man? This guy is probably in his 40s or 50s, really old guy. Uh, I'm just kidding. Shouldn't have said that, huh? Shouldn't have said that. All right, back to the God story. So we strike up a conversation, say, how's your day been? And you wouldn't even believe his response. Horrible day, worst day of my life. Today I went to court for divorce for the very first time. And in that moment, me and Tim knew that God had an appointment for this guy. What an incredible moment. For 45 minutes to an hour, we just begin speaking over this guy and begin praying over this guy and encouraging this guy. I'm telling you, it was God divine. It was God appointed. But here's the deal. I could have easily stopped. We could have easily stopped in San Antonio and said, well, maybe next time, God. But we stayed persistent and said, well, we know Walmart, there's a lot of people that need you, Jesus. We're going to Walmart. And we know that Bernie's got a Walmart, so we're gonna continue and we're gonna go. I'm telling you, it was absolutely amazing to see what God did in that man's life that night. And who knows, I, I don't know where he's at, I don't know where his, what his marriage is like now. Hopefully it was saved. But we pray. And we're obedient to what God wants us to do. We plant a seed. His spirit speaks and we obey. You see, effective prayer is not only expectant prayer, but it's persistent prayer. It's persistent. It means you don't give up when you don't get your way the first time. It, it means that we don't give up when we don't see a breakthrough for the first couple times. We keep going. We keep going. Listen to what Matthew 7, 7 and 11 says. Keep on asking, you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. I love this part. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful, sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? This scripture speaks to persistency, and it speaks to expectancy. That we have a loving Father in heaven that created us not to punish us, not to withhold good things from us, but to have conversation and relationship with us. 
He is the creator of all good things. And he doesn't want to withhold from us. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on asking. Keep on knocking. You see, when I think about having persistent prayer and never giving up, I get this, this picture of those war movies where you've got this castle or this fortress and you've got this army coming against that massive door, right? And you've always got, you've got these guys, these nasty, huge guys that got this wooden log and they keep pounding that door over and over. It may not break the first time or the 10th time, but the more you keep striking, the integrity of that door will be broken. At some point, you will break through. At some point, if you don't give up, that situation that you've been praying and weeping over and stressing over, there'll be a breakthrough. At some point, if you don't give up, you will see the results. But here's the deal. When it comes to prayer, we have no idea what God is up to all the time. And so we've got to trust him. We've got to be people of faith, people of expectancy, people that are willing to not give up. But we've got to be okay with the results of our prayer. Because we have a God that loves us and knows what's best for us. And maybe it's not that God doesn't want to answer our prayers. Maybe he's just really looking for someone to press into relationship with him. Because we live in a convenient society, right? Everything's at our fingertips. It's just convenient. I want it now. Same day shipping, right? It's like, I've waited to the last minute, but I'm going to pay a little extra money to make sure it's here right now. We live in a society that's all about time and convenience and getting what we want. But I'm telling you, that's not how the kingdom works. It's about relationship. It's about pressing in when we don't, when we feel like we can't press in anymore. When we feel like giving up on that marriage, when we feel like giving up on that wayward child, when we feel like giving up because we can't break that, that cycle of addiction, you know what? Press into Jesus harder. Press into Jesus harder. Don't give up. And who knows? You may be one strike away from the breakthrough. You may be one strike away from the breakthrough that God is calling you to. Our nation may, be, be, may have one prayer movement away from what God wants to do. Our nation may be one strike away from revival. If his people would humble themselves and begin to pray. So as we wrap up our series under God, we challenge you to begin praying the things that are on God's heart. The only way you know the things that are on God's heart is if you know God. If you press into his heart. Come on, let's, the days are over where we just throw out empty prayers and just hope something good happens. Come on, we have God on our side. The God of the impossible. Would you stand with me this morning? As the band leads us in one last song, I want to challenge, I want to challenge us this morning. If you find yourself in here tonight, today, 
you find yourself here in this place and you can definitely say with honesty that there's some things in my life that I stopped praying for because I'm hurt, I'm confused, maybe it's just become religion to me, it's become just kind of a, a habit and so it's, it's not really effective, my faith is not going into it, I'm not expecting God to move, but today you wanna to begin praying those prayers again. Today you wanna to begin dreaming again. You want the fire on the inside of you again, that passion for what God's called you to pray for. Come on, if that's you today, can you just lift your hands? It's okay if people are looking around, whatever. Awesome. Come on, with your hands lifted, can we just, can we get, begin to pray as the band leads us in this song? Come on, can you begin to pray those prayers again? Prayers of faith, prayers of boldness. Come on, with your own voice, I just want you to begin praying those things. God, would you just light a fire inside of us? God, would you give us passion again to pray the prayers that we've stopped praying, God, because we haven't seen breakthrough, God. Lord, we pray for your spirit to begin moving again. Would you, God, God would you move in our, in our situations? Would you move in our personal lives, God? Would you move in our nation? God, let us dream again of what you want to do. Let us press into your heart, God. Let us press into relationship with you. And God, I pray for the person in here maybe that does not have a relationship with you, that today would be their day of breakthrough, that today would be their day of salvation, God, that they would step forward into the calling that you put on them, and that their heart would be open to you, Jesus. Father, we ask for your spirit to move, to have your way in this place. Let us begin praying and dreaming again. It's in your name we pray. Amen.